Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. I had to think about that for a minute. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Cortland. Yes. Yes, it would be a little weird. South Brunola High School at that point. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Well, wherever you are in our great state, if you need some coffee, you know where to go. Strange Brew Coffeehouse or strangebrewcoffeehouse.com if you don't live in Starkville or Tupelo. Order it online. They'll ship it right to you. Wherever you, Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your front counter, you get, a co- you get the coffee you want at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. I mean, I, I, I send you the links all the time. You see the great stuff that they have. Fantastic stuff. Not just clothes either. Stuff for the house, stuff for your car, stuff for your tailgate. They've got it all. So check them out. Two locations in the Jackson area. They're originally by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Startville's best restaurant. Best lunch, best dinner, best brunch. Brunch. almost said breakfast. It's not breakfast. It's brunch. And that just holds up. And it's held up over the years, you know. And, and what's funny about Restaurant Tyler is that the menu has changed through the years. There's, there, there's always new stuff, new exciting stuff. But it's always great. You know, what they're offering for lunch today, that's not what they were offering five years ago. It's not what they were offering 10 years ago. They change with the times, and they bring the freshest and best food to Starkville. That's why it's the best in town. You know if Ty Tim's is behind the stove, the food is always going to be good every time at Restaurant Tyler. Priority One Bank, 16 locations to serve you throughout central Mississippi, and serve is the word we like to talk about because they are about their customers at Priority One Bank. That's why they are locally owned and operated. And that's why when they have to have an issue with a, with a loan, when you're, you're, you go to talk to somebody at a Priority One Bank about a loan for your car, your home, your small business, whatever, you get to talk to somebody 
who you know and you have built a relationship with, and they're the ones who make that decision for you. So also check out the Priority One Bank app, streamlined, easy to use, and you can do a lot more than just you know move your money around on that app. You can pay bills, make payments, do whatever it is you need to do at a Priority One Bank branch right there on your mobile device. 16 locations to serve you throughout central Mississippi. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Well, Robbie... It was. It kind of was a fitting end to the season for Mississippi State. As statistically, you look at that game, you look at the box score, and you would think Mississippi State won. They held their opponent to sixty points, to under forty percent shooting. They dominated the boards, but in the end, their old nemesis, their inability to make their own shots, uh, caught up with them. And a, a a you know a team that had all year, you know, even though they had struggled making free throws, had gotten to the line a lot. They didn't do that tonight. Only seven free throw attempts for the Bulldogs. And the season ends in a 60-59 to 59 heartbreaker that saw Shaq Moore miss a uh, open three-pointer three that would have won the game. D.J. Jeffries, I think D.J. Jeffries is sort of getting lost in the shuffle here, had a great putback attempt that just rimmed out. And in the end, the Bulldogs' season ends in Dayton in the first four, 60-59 uh, to 59 to the Pitt Panthers. 21, I think 21 lead changes in this game. Uh, between these two schools, just an incredible, uh, you know, for the for the unbiased observer, an incredible college basketball game uh, that you sort of got the feeling early on was going to come down uh, to the final the final seconds there, and indeed it did. State had a uh, 59-58 lead with 32 seconds left. Uh, Pitt takes a 60-59 lead with, uh, I'm sorry, 10 seconds left. And then Mississippi State unable had three attempts at the uh, the final shot there. Tolu Smith had a, a shot that was blocked with two point seven left. Uh, they go to the inbounds play, they get it to Moore, and his missed. And then the putback is missed. And there you go. And then and the season ends, you know, just like that. A a hard loss for Mississippi State, but a great season for Mississippi State. It was well. I mean. It's just one of those deals, and tonight was the culmination of what has plagued Mississippi State all year. It was the exact game that has both won Mississippi State games this year and lost Mississippi State games this year. They played the game they needed to play defensively. First half, Pitt hits eight three-pointers. They were eight for 13. Mississippi State comes out in the second half, allows, what, one, three? And it was Blake Henson's three-pointer. Mm-hmm. A 28-footer off balance, yeah. Every three-pointer that he's hit against Mississippi State in his career is improbable. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, it was – the second half was exactly what you needed to happen. You held them under 30 points in the second half. You made the game really ugly. And almost every game that Mississippi State's played like that this year where, the, where it's just gotten really ugly like that, teams haven't been able to make shots that turn the ball over – they're they're uh, getting contested shots that aren't falling. Almost every single time that happens for Mississippi State, they win. And this is the game that played out exactly how it was supposed to. Chris Jans uh, worked up a perfect play on the inbounds for the final shot. It didn't fall. Yeah, that play is the culmination of Mississippi State season. A missed wide open three. There was no one within ten feet of no. Shaq Moore. Right. It, it, the 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 ironic thing, the sad thing, the very frustrating thing was right before that when they called a timeout, he took a, a shot 
and three just for fun. Went in. Perfect three. That one did not. Um, but it played out just, just like um, the seasons played out for Mississippi State. They just could not score this year. This team, for whatever reason, could not score. And, you know, people have talked about, well, you know, why didn't why didn't Chris Jans go out and get some offensive playmakers? Why didn't he go out there and get shooters? He got a guy that was shooting over 40% from three-point range, and Eric Reed, who could not make a shot. Tonight, he got a wide-open three late in the ballgame, and I'm thinking – when he's shooting that shot, you know you can you can earn your scholarship right here, kid. And I want to I don't want to diss on him. I mean, it's everybody's fault, but d- didn't get close to making it. He shot twenty four percent from three point range this year. That's like a twenty percent drop from 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 his last year at SEMO. I don't know how to, to describe that. And you know, a lot of people might say, well, it's, you know, maybe that's Chris Jans. I I don't think so. No, because um, the, I the doubt a coach like this. The looks are there. They put up these shots in practice, um, and the fact that the, that the looks are there, you know that they're practicing this as well. It's just kind of a freaky, fluky thing. And uh, you know, maybe the one of the worst things that happened for the team was hitting four out of their first six shots. We've been saying that all year, Robbie. We've been saying all year that. <laughs> It's it's never great for state when they hit some early threes because they get confidence, but th- then they end up missing them. They were four for their first seven, and then went two for sixteen after that. That's just <laughs> I mean it was, it, that script almost kind of writes itself. Uh, do you know how many? Do you know how many shots this team um, missed from three point range this year? I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I would assume it's probably close to 250. Almost 500. Oh, I did not know it was that bad. Jeez. They were, coming into this game, they were 172 for 646. That is a putrid <laughs> percentage at best. And then what did they shoot tonight? They were six they of hit, 23. Oh, jeez. I mean, that's just what that's just what this team is. Is they're just a bad three point shooting team, and you know you hope that'll change next year with guys like you know uh, Lorenzo Fort coming in and Josh Hubbard coming in and Jaquan Scott and Adrian Myers coming in. They can give you some three pointers, and obviously, starting today, Mississippi State will be in the portal, and shooters, shooters, shooters will be the uh, the thing that they're looking for. And you almost have to. I mean, you almost have to. Which I've heard that um, Trey Fort is. A little, I, I wouldn't say a bad defender, mm-hmm. but he's definitely an offensive guy. Right. Um, this is coming from people that coached him at other schools. But you can coach defenses. Defense. So um, I, I guess what I'm saying is, do you sacrifice a little bit of that defensive intensity for guys that can score? Because, well, I mean, something has to give there. You, you got to recruit scorers, but you can teach defense. You can teach guys that, you know, because you tell you have to tell them at that point. You say, look. Unless you're just hitting everything, if you're not playing on defense, you're not going to play. You know, it's one thing if you're out there and you're seven for seven from deep. Sure, I'll keep you in at that point. But if you're missing shots and not playing hard on the defensive end, you're coming out. So yeah. I mean, that's that's a playing time is the great motivator for defense with a coach like Chris Chance. I'm not I'm not worried about him being able to motivate guys who may be a little bit more offensive minded into playing and buying into what his defensive system is. That 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 doesn't concern yeah. me a, a, a bit. It's just like it's crazy to watch this team this year, Brian. And like, they're so fun to watch on the defensive end. Um, you know, they're they play hard, but the offensive end is just like 
it's just it's just like they don't know what's what, what's going on sometimes. In this game, I mean, how many times did somebody dribble in the lane and throw the ball away? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times did we see that this year? Yeah. The, the, the offense just, for whatever reason, was just lost. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times we saw great play calls, um, you know, great execution to the point where, you know, they're right there for a chance to score and they just miss a layup. Like you and said. a wide-open three. The, the last shot of the game is a wide-open three and a great putback attempt chance, and they just don't fall. You know, that's Jans did everything he could there. He he put the players in. All you can ask of a coach, and this is true in any sport as far as I'm concerned, is does he put his players in the best position to win through his decisions? And, and I mean, you know, recruiting, development, everything else is secondary to that one thing right there. Because if you recruit well, things will take care of themselves. If you develop your players, things will take care of themselves. But if you make dumb decisions, if you're a bad schemer, it catches up to you quickly. Yeah. You, you can see – I mean, you can see that – I don't think there's a single person out there with any kind of sense that can blame Chris Jans for hardly anything mm-hmm. at this point. Right. I mean, and it, I mean, you put up the, this amount of shots, DJ Jeffries, Shaquille Moore, Eric Reed. these guys are putting up a lot of shots every day. Mm-hmm. They're putting up a lot of shots in games. I mean, they're, they're just going to fall, and they just never did. I mean – they hit they hit a few shots in some games this year, but Shaquille Moore, 125 three pointers coming into that game, 26 percent. Yeah, 141 for DJ Jeffries, 26 percent. And that's 100, not 101 three pointers for Eric Reed, 24 percent. Right, Reed, Reed is did not have a great night, but Jeffries and Moore played well tonight overall. Moore had 14 points, four rebounds, five assists. Jeffries had nine points, 13 rebounds in 39 minutes. He played basically the entire game. You yeah, know, but I'm just talking about three-point shooting for oh, the yeah. whole year. It, like, it at some good. point, you would think that they would fall, and they yeah. just didn't. State had two losses in their last four. They lost three of their final four games, obviously. In two of those games, they had a plus-20 rebound margin and lost. That's what not making shots is all about. It doesn't matter yeah. how many rebounds you get or how many turnovers you force. If you, the, the point of the game is to get the ball in the bucket. You can't well, it forces you... It forces you to play precise mm-hmm. on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight, you know they were they kind of stayed in the first half, ironically, with the three point shot. Yeah, they were able to kind of maintain composure because they hit five three pointers. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh hit three more three pointers than them, and that's why they led by one point. Mm-hmm. The second half, the shots you you stop Pittsburgh from making those shots, but you're not making shots. Mm-hmm. It just may, it it forces you to play great defense every time down the floor, um, and at some point you've got to be able when when a team gets hot, we saw it this year Alabama Tennessee teams like that, you've got to be able to stay right there neck and neck with them uh, yeah. those teams that can really score. This was a the state was able to do that tonight in spite of that because of the defense being so good. But when your defense might have a bad game like it did against Alabama or it did in some stretches against Florida, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to supplement that with what you're doing on the offensive end. They the Rebounding has been great this year. Defense has been great this year. But the offense is what separated them from being, you know, uh, like an eight seed or something, a seven or eight yeah. seed, yeah. and playing in the play-in game. Yeah. 
I just realized that in this game, Pitt only played seven players. Cummings played all 40 minutes. Henson and Elliott played 38. Uh, the starting center, Graham Diaz, played 37. And then Burton and uh, I, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Sabandon split minutes at, at the one guard position. And then the other Graham Diaz, the, the twin brother, came in for four minutes just to rest his brother. They only played oh my God, five. I didn't even know there was a there was a brother. There were two of them. Yeah, the the, the Graham Diaz brothers are twins. They played oh because our, our guy Federico 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 couldn't play tonight. And State got punished because that guy was a feather. Yeah. A couple times Tolu just made a move and that guy couldn't couldn't stay with him, but it looks it looks worse than it is. Tolu five turnovers tonight. A uh, couple of you know had a couple of fouls in the first half and they did a good job of staying out of foul trouble in the second half, um, you know just 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 not their night and then you know in a season that was, I mean there's some big highs some big lows some lulls some some great stretches it comes to an end and on a day where you know Ole Miss hires a new basketball coach and they think you know okay they've got a new era of basketball there I couldn't be more excited for the, the future of, of Mississippi State basketball under Chris Chance. This is a guy who took this team that he did not really put together, full of guys he didn't recruit. He took them to 20-plus wins and, a, and an NCAA tournament appearance. The future is very, very bright for Mississippi State basketball under Chris Chance. Oh, he can coach his butt off, man. Yeah, he's, he's I mean, incredible. He is a really, really had, good coach. Had he not had the incident at Bowling Green, he would have already been in a – a big yeah, time school, I think. Would not have been at Mississippi State. Um, it's you know, it's it's a blessing for Mississippi State that he was kind of went through that roadblock, um, that bump in the road, the mistake that he made, and worked his way back. And the, and you're you're talking about a guy too that um, has just worked his butt off to get to the level that he is. They they mentioned it a lot in the broadcast about how you know he was a JUCO coach, very humble guy and uh, a hard worker, and I have no doubt he's going to be fueled by this, and Mississippi State's team is going to be fueled by this. But there's there's no way that you can watch this team this year and not be excited about what's to come. Yeah. There's no way. Um, you look at the recruiting class that he's signed that are his guys, guys that they um, evaluated, guys that they recruited. Th- that's a great start to kind of – restructuring this all this roster in the offseason. Um you're gonna you're gonna see some changes on the roster, but I think that you're going to see a lot of familiar faces next year too. I think there's a chance that state returns a, a good portion of this all of this uh, roster. And some people might not like that. Some people might say, you know, that's just um, you know, the definition of uh insanity with the offensive issues that you've had. But you add a couple of offensive pieces to this team. How different do they look? Yeah, that that's that's what I, I said it all I year. To go to what if Iverson Molinar had just come back? If Iverson Molinar was on this team, you're not playing in this play-in game tonight. You're just not. No, you're not. So. I mean, you're looking at f- four more wins at least. At least. So uh, I'm I'm really excited about the future of this program, man. I that I said that going into this tournament, anything else was was a cherry on top of the season. Um, you know, you would have loved to have seen this team advance. They were in position to do it. They didn't. But I don't think that you can be anything but excited about what's coming for Chris James and company. 
So one season comes to an end, but March Madness continues for Mississippi State. The women tip off tonight. Is it 5 p.m.? Is that correct, Robbie? 6. 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, Central Time for Mississippi State, Illinois, in the first four from South uh, Bend, Indiana. Um, we talked a little bit about this game the other day. Illinois, I mean, if you were a person who felt that Mississippi State didn't belong in the first four on the men's side, you should definitely feel that Illinois does not belong in the first four on the women's side. That's a really good basketball team. I'm surprised to see them down here uh, battling for a place in the end, the field of 64. What can we take from the men's game tonight to the women's game? Well, what we saw from the men and how they played tonight, it, it just feels like defensively they gave the right amount of effort. They did enough defensively. They just got to make more shots. The women, if they play defense like that, they'll make enough shots to win. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the exact opposite. It's For me, it's, it's always about the defensive effort on that end for the women because they've been able to hit three-point shots. Um, you're talking about a team that's that shot the three-point shot fairly well, actually, this year. It's just about <clears throat> consistency with this team. For whatever reason, they go through these stretches uh, during a game where, you know, they might score 20, 23 points in a quarter, and then they might come back and score seven. And I, I don't really understand what's going on there. But if they can come out in this game and kind of establish themselves early – Keep the foot on the pedal. This is a different – I mean, we're, we're talking about a complete shift now. This is win or go home, um, and this is a different kind of mentality. The teams that have that killer instinct are the ones that are going to that are gonna advance. And State has <clears throat> um, just been a little inconsistent at times. I'm hoping that the time off and, you know, what happened in the SEC tournament is kind of a wake-up call, and they're able to come out in this game and, and execute at a much higher level. But um, – Offensively, I mean, this team's shooting 45%, 35% from three. That's good enough to give you a shot um, against a lot of teams. They've just got to be able to limit what Illinois does on the offensive end. This is a team that had four all-conference players. I don't understand why they're in the play-in game. Um, I can get State being in the play-in game, but I do not understand this this Illinois team. The first-team um, all-Big Ten player – who was uh, who came to Dayton? It came from Dayton with the coach, mm-hmm. so um, you know very familiar. This is a different looking team than what they had last year, and this is the first NCAA tournament for them in twenty years. So they've waited a long time to get to this spot. They're going to be really hungry, and hopefully, State will be as well. And I think they will, but it's going to be a, a tough ball game. It's, I think it's going to be a tougher game, uh, a tougher matchup for for Mississippi State's women than what the men had, but we'll see how that turns out. We shall see. We will recap that game on tomorrow's uh, Thunder and Lightning as Mississippi State's women look to extend their season uh, and head into the uh, – I'm not – where would where would the, who do they play if they uh, if they win? I don't have the women. They would play, they would play uh, Creighton. Creighton. Yes. The Blue the Jays. Seed. The Blue Jays, that's right. All right. And then a rematch. From Omaha, name, Nebraska. Right? A rematch with Notre Dame if they won that? Yes, if, if Notre Dame wins, Ooh. which I imagine they will. I want to see Tierra McCowan and Morgan William in the crowd if uh, if that game happens. I want to see Tyler Horka cry. <laughs> I don't think Horka has a whole lot of, of uh, emotional attachment to Notre Dame. Probably uh, not. Personally. so it, right. would, it would take Vic Schaefer losing for Horka to cry, maybe. That's right. 
Let's move on into the rest of the show. Let's talk a little baseball. It's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. If you're looking to cook out this weekend, it's going to be a little chilly, but the weather's going to be nice. Throw some steaks on the grill, maybe some burgers, or hey, you got nothing going on, just waiting for baseball on Saturday. Throw a brisket out there on the smoker and let that thing cook. So many great options for cooking out, and beef are always the best of them. So when you want to put something great on the grill, make it beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. Any weekend you're in Starkville, making a trip out to Two Brothers is always a great idea, especially now that the weather's getting better, starting to warm up a little bit. Maybe not today, but overall it's starting to warm up a little bit. The great, great patio they got out there, that great outdoor seating area, fantastic place. You know they'll be having live music. Crawfish boils will be coming soon to Two Brothers. You don't want to miss out on stuff like that. So head to the heart of the Cotton District and enjoy a great meal, some smoked Southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great services, what every business promises you. Advantage Business Systems, well, they deliver it to you. And they have been for 48 years. So when you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, hey, just call them back. Talk to the people you already know. Talk to the people you've built a relationship with through the years. That's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Rogue's Collegiate Collection. Have you checked it out yet? Have you looked online? Have you shopped at the Rogue or shopped online at therogue.com? If you haven't, well, then you're missing out on incredible polos and pullovers, great name brands, and the logos that you guys want. The M over S, the State Script, the Walking Bully, they're all right there. Maroon and white, and and really never the twain shall meet. You don't have to worry about getting a, a po- maroon polo with a white sleeve and maybe a gray sleeve over here, maybe a little maroon piping. None of that. Just a nice, simple maroon polo. Is that too much to ask? The Rogue says no. Check them out online at therogue.com or shop at the Rogue in Jackson. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Did you say twain? Never the twain shall meet, yes. He spits Robin Zero and twain. You got to get the spit to come out of your mouth when you do that. That's uh, right. So I talked to the guys over, I talked to our friends over at Dolce today. Okay. Okay. Gelato between two cookies. Are you in? There, that, yes, of course. You got it now? Yeah, the, the bread the threw bread me off. too much? I, I don't want ice cream and like, But cookies. You know, Gelato sandwich. Yes, absolutely. Okay. They're coming. Oh, gosh. Yes. You know what that is? That's a million, million dollar, dollar idea. That's a million dollar that's right. idea. And that's what you're going to be able to, enjoy, able to enjoy at Dolce. Some of the best gelato you'll ever have. When you need a sweet treat, head over to 509 University Drive. You head there for breakfast, breakfast sandwiches, bagels, coffee. And then in the afternoon, a little you want a little afternoon pick-me-up? Get you, get you some gelato at Dolce. 509 University Drive, where Starville satisfies its sweet tooth. That's Dolce. Six wins in a row. Very good. Offense, hitting ball. Hunter Hines is on a mission right now. The man hates baseballs. I've never seen a person more anti-baseball than Hunter Hines. He put a ball into a parking garage tonight. Did the ball have to pay to park? I don't know the answer to that question. Somehow the second home run was hit further than the first. Yes, and the first one was a tank. But the, the second one was indeed further. 12-4 is your final score down there in Biloxi. Bradley Lofton gets the win. we got to get this kid figured out on, on, on the control. 
because he's obviously really, really good, right? Four innings pitched, three hits, two runs. Only one of them were earned. Six strikeouts. You love that. But six walks. I mean, his his pitch count, 91 pitches, only 47 strikes. What a weird statistical season for Bradley Lofton. He doesn't give up a lot of runs, a lot of hits, but he puts guys on base, but then he just strikes guys out to get out of the inning. He's a different cat. Mm-hmm. He really is. Like I, you know, you, you see him out there on the mound, and he's got these mannerisms. He, the the umpire came out and warned him, I think, or something at some point. I honestly think that he wasn't like upset at the umpire. I think he was mad at himself. Mm-hmm. Like he he really, I, I've heard this from um, from people that watched him in high school. Like he gets angry at his at himself. Mm-hmm. Like when he's missing his spots and things like that, but there's something about him. Like he just he never gets. It looks like he's about to just fall apart out there when he does that, and then he somehow collects himself and bears down and gets you out of a jam. He's walked 22 guys in 19 innings, but he's only given up six earned runs. Mm-hmm. That's it. Doesn't really make sense. He struck out 30 guys in 19 innings. It's, yeah. it's and. He's only given up two extra base hits, too. Yeah. And one of them was tonight, the home run. Right. So you, it's, he's hard to square up. He's got a, gr- a b- above average changeup. That changeup is ridiculous. It's and a then the curve changeup, shall we say? I, I think that his changeup is better than his fastball. It really he, he was. He was missing with the fastball a lot in that game. But the bottom line is he's got a 284 under an average. Every time he goes out there now, Mississippi State's winning the game. He's doing something right. The walks have got to come down. You've had you've had five, at least five walks now in the last three games. You've had at least four in all four of your starts. That's got to that's got to come down. It's too much um, because when you play better teams, they're going to take advantage of that. But I thought he competed. That's what you wanted to see. I thought everybody else that came in there competed. And Mississippi State's offense was just relentless in this game. Um, Come out and, you know, Nichols tried to answer a couple of times, and the offense just repeatedly was getting on base to start off innings, putting pressure on Nichols by uh, running. It was just a really good night for State. Um, And up and down the lineup, you got guys that are um, doing big things. You know, Monty Larry got on base, I think, four times. Um, uh, Bryce Chance had a big – game when he was in the ball game. Uh Connor Hijack and Dakota Jordan and who else came in there as a pinch hitter had a hit. I thought there was three guys. Maybe Will there Hoyle. was only two. Will Hull. He yeah. banged one off the left of the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're starting to see the depth of this team offensively. And I think that's a really good sign. But like you mentioned, six straight wins. That's the that's the most consecutive wins for this team mm-hmm. since two thousand twenty one. Yeah. When they won nine straight, mm-hmm. I think so. Th- this looks a lot. This team looks a lot more well put together to me than last year's team. Yeah, I mean, you looked up and down the lineup tonight. Larry uh, one for two with an RBI, a couple of walks, so he got on base three times. Ledbetter was only one for four, but he had a two-run jack. Bryce Chance continues to hit well, two for three on the night. Hunter Hines, the big night, two for four, three runs scored, and four RBI with two home runs. Uh, Kellum Clark was one for two with a couple of walks. That is very encouraging to see Kellum Clark get a couple of walks. 
Mm-hmm. Lane Forsythe continues to hit. He's over 300 now. He's two for four on the night. Uh, Davis, David Mershon comes out of the game early. It had an error. Was that simply just getting pulled because he had an error, or is there an injury there? He actually had two mistakes. The first one should have been an error. I don't know why it was scored the way it did, but he okay. had he basically had two errors. It, it wasn't a great night for him defensively. Mm-hmm. Looked a little looked a little out of sorts out there. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, he's a freshman. Yeah, he's he's not going to be perfect, and that's not his position. Yeah, he's a, he's a shortstop. So I mean, starting to figure it out though. He'll he'll be okay. I'm I'm not overly worried about him. I'm a big David Rashawn fan. So you got hits up and down the lineup, and then in the bullpen, you know, not a great night for Evan Sierra. You know, two I mean, one one run. I'm sorry, one inning. He gives up two uh, two hits and two earned runs. But the rest of the way, Brock Tapper and uh, and Bre- and Casey Hunt, and it was Tapper who got the win, not Lofton. I misspoke earlier. Four innings of scoreless relief. They give up five hits. They each strike out a batter. No walks. No walks yep. is a huge thing. Tapper throws, no walks out of the bullpen by anybody. Nineteen pitches for twenty-eight out of. I'm uh, sorry. Tapper throws twenty-eight pitches, nineteen strikes. Hunt throws twenty-eight pitches, twenty-one strikes. That will play. That's what yeah, they, have, especially when you ha- you've been saying this. When you have a big lead, you have to throw strikes and tell them, look, if you hit it out of the ballpark, great. But otherwise, we're going to catch it. Well, th- those two, Siri and, and Tapper, are the ones to put in there with with a big lead. Yeah, um, Siri got tagged a, a, with a couple of hits early, but he came right back, tacked the strike zone, got a strikeout. He got three straight outs. He gave up two hits to start the inning, then got three straight outs, and then Tapper gave up, I think, two hits to start the inning, and then another hit. And he got two really good uh, defensive plays in a row to get out of the inning. Connor Hijack yeah. threw out a runner at the plate, and then Slade Offord made a great play to end the inning. But that's what you do. You you allow your defense to make plays. You come in, you pound the strike zone when you have an eight-run lead, and you make you make the defense make the plays. Um, a two-run homer off Evan Sierra cut the game, I think, to like four, mm-hmm. maybe. It, it did nothing. You were still commanding the ball game. That's what you got to do. I thought Casey Hunt pitched great. They had two hits with two outs. Didn't hurt you. You were up twelve to four. Casey did his job, and um, that's two straight know, that, good outings for him. Two straight good outings. I feel like Casey's starting to get on the mend here. Yeah. So for tomorrow, uh, Lamona says it'll be a staff game, but Colby Holcomb will get the start. The, the big right-hander who who had a, cu- a couple of rough outings to start the year, but his last couple of outings, he's looked pretty good. So he, that's a guy Mississippi State would love to see come around because he has the same kind of stuff that Nate Dome has, that that big, overpowering right-handed fastball. So we'll see what they can get out of him. But they said it'll be a staff game. Uh, so you, you would expect to see maybe you know, Will Gibbs, um, uh, Logan Forsyth could maybe pitch in this one. Tyler Davis will probably pitch, and maybe this is where you finally see a Pico Con or a Parker Stinnett could even get an inning. You know, remember Stinnett last year down here on the coast had a great outing uh, that led into a great outing in the weekend where he was named SEC Pitcher of the Week. So, yep, some good Against memories. Texas Tech. Yeah, so some good memories for him uh, there. But State, like I said. I said last week that they needed to get through this these 10 games before they play Vanderbilt, right? They had four last week, they have five this week, and then they have a non-conference game next week before the Vanderbilt series. In those 10 games, they needed to be 9-1 and one at worst. They're 5-0. and oh. 
you know, they play tomorrow, and we'll, then we'll see. Or I'm sorry, they're four and zero. No, I'm sorry, they're five and zero. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens uh, tomorrow when they play Louisiana. A little tougher opponent, obviously, than Nichols. And then the big series with Kentucky this weekend. Interested to see what that weekend rotation is. If Kate Smith can come back, or do they stick with Intima? I don't know what the situation there is yet. You know, we asked Coach Lamonis about that on Sports Talk Mississippi, and play. He's playing his cards really close to the chest on that one about you know who's going to get in and who's going to get out as far as injuries go. But we'll see what the uh, the weekend brings. But a good win for the Bulldogs uh, down there on the coast, and they'll try to get make it another one tonight. All right, tomorrow's show we'll recap the women's game. I will recap the baseball game, and we will also talk uh, foot, spring football. We'll do a positional breakdown tomorrow. We'll look at the running backs who have got a lot more opportunities coming this, their way uh, this 2023 season. So we'll talk about Jaquavius Marks and Simeon Price and maybe a couple of the new guys as well. So it should be a good show. The, the rumblings, we'll just put them off until next week. We'll come back to those uh, another time. All right, guys, have a great Wednesday, and Robbie, I will be back with you on Thursday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.